BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome into House Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Come on in. Feel free to take your shoes off. Put your umbrella here in the umbrella stand. It is a pouring rain outside here of House of Wrestling today. Come on in. Get you some hot cocoa. Sit by the fire and join us here in the living room as we chat all things professional wrestling. And today we are joined by our very good friend from Matt Men Wrestling Observer. It's Andrew Zarian. Andrew, thank you so much for coming back into House of Wrestling. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's pouring here, too. We both have a it's a rainy day here in New York. So same for you over there. Galoshes, umbrellas, <laughs> rain, rain hats, if a rain bucket hat, like if you're a four year old child. Yeah. The That's poncho. Fun. You know, you poncho. can put on that 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 yellow poncho. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. This is good wrestling content. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. We got a great one planned for you today. A lot of big news to get into here. Of course, we have the WWE releases. We're going to be talking WWE uh, content future. Uh, we're going to be talking AEW and WWE injuries, plus some free agency stuff. Lot to get into here today. I want to remind you, if you wa are watching the show here, first run in video form, you are watching us over on Premier Streaming Network. Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern, come on by Premier Streaming Network. Find House of Wrestling. Tons of other great content. Uh, just aired all of the StarCast content over here at Premier Streaming Network. Please give them some love without Premiere. We don't get to do a lot of the things we do here at House of Wrestling. One of those very cool things we're doing, for those that don't know, uh, it was announced officially this past Friday. Uh, I, House of Wrestling, have partnered with Inside the Ropes. We are bringing Kevin Nash and Sean Waltman to Chicago on Saturday, November 25th, the afternoon before Survivor Series. Joe's live. It is 10 minutes from the Allstate Arena. You can come on by. We're going to do a stage show, Q&A. we got a VIP meet and greet. And I know there's some other cool stuff that's going to be coming along with this year uh, that I get to announce here in the coming weeks. So get in now. Uh, tickets are moving. We already have less than 100 VIPs left. So head on over uh, to joesliverosemont.com. Get your tickets for an afternoon with Kevin Nash and Sean Waltman. It's going to be a blast, Andrew. I get to hang out with, uh, with two of the members of the clique. Dude, that's awesome for any wrestling fan, right? Like we were all fans. I mean, not that what a what a uh, interesting career this is, right? For you, for everybody that covers wrestling, because we all started off as fans to some extent, and now look, you're hanging out, you're hosting parties with them. It's unbelievable. Well, not just that, Andrew. My life got a little bit more clickish on Friday than it already was because yes. as I'm I'm basking in this announcement, tickets are moving. We're having a great time. Nash and Waltman. This other story starts floating around that Shawn Michaels liked this tweet, this very negative tweet about Stephanie McMahon, who, by the way, is the center of the IWC here in the last 72 hours. I don't know why everybody cares so much about Stephanie McMahon's uh, personal life, but this tweet, Shawn, his official account, likes it. I have some people reach out to me uh, on Shawn's camp's behalf and say we'd, we'd like to get the word out correctly. This is not what happened. Shawn has people who handle his account. One of them errantly liked this tweet. He has a lot of respect, obviously, for Stephanie, the wife of his best friend, Paul Triple H Levesque, and that was over there on HouseOfWrestling.com. We put that out there, Andrew. How do, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you feel comfortable with that? Do you think that that's, that's the case here, errant like by Shawn Michaels' media guy? Yeah, I mean, that happens, you know? Like, I, I, I am so – I try to be. I should say, I try to be careful what I like, you know, if like sometimes, you know, your finger hits something 
you didn't even intend on doing it or you didn't fully read it, you know? Like, I don't think Sean's going to ever, you know, uh, or or maybe he just didn't know that likes are visible. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, know I, mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I, the messenger. You can know? you imagine your your best friend, you know, there's a negative tweet about your best friend's wife and your social media person likes it, right? right. Like, what would your response be? Why would you even like it? That would be my response. Yeah. So why are you liking this? Did you not read it? Why are you uh, strange? I mean, it happens. You know, it could be an accident. It could have just been a boneheaded move or Sean could have actually liked it. You know, uh, what a mess. What a mess. Well, there was this other thing just as we're going on House of Wrestling. Uh, talk to people at WWE things type stories here. The Rock going to be at the Elimination Chamber. That's what the Western Australia put out yesterday. And it's tough, Andrew, with these local outlets. Because I never know, is this something WWE wanted leaked to the market, right? Like, did they want the Western Australia to say this? So I reached out to WWE. I was like, what? Is there something to this? Is there a reason this outlet saying that? WWE PR told me back, this is just tabloids being tabloids. Again, Andrew, do you believe them? You think oh, there's something wow. to it or no? I'm shocked that that was the response and you didn't get the the always, the the, the constant rock comment is, if Rock wants to do something, where of course he could do it. You didn't get that response? You got a tabloids are going to be tabloids? Tabloids being tabloids, man. That's what I got. That makes me think he's going to be there. That makes you think he's <laughs> going to be there is the fact they're just like, oh, tabloids being tabloids, right? I mean, you know, it kind of, it, if he is going to do Rumble, right? If he, I'm sorry, if he's going to do Mania and we're finally going to get that Roman Reigns match, I mean, you kind of. Maybe you start it off there. Maybe you do it at Rumble. You know, he's going to be, if he's going to be committed to doing it, uh, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anything, but I found that interesting that the, the response was tabloids are going to be tabloids. Tabloids being tabloids. That's yeah, what that's... I was told, right? Yeah. I think you, you have Cody win it back-to-back Rumbles. Maybe you throw Rock in, six final man to enter the elimination chamber. Does two and a half minutes of work. Got quite a quadri there. If Cody and, Ro and Rock both have claim to matches with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, just throwing that out there. Is the rumor that is the rumor that he's going to perform at Elimination Chamber, or the rumor is that? Oh, okay. The Western right. Australia wrote there is speculation he's going to have a match at WWE Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And just to give everybody full context, they were also like, because look, the merger just happened. Endeavor wants to make sure the first Mania is a big deal. So they're going to bring The Rock in to start off the road to WrestleMania, kick things off hot, set up this match for Roman. Very oddly, like speculatively, but also specific kind of reporting. And I'd never heard of this outlet before. Tabloids are going to be tabloids. Tabloids be a tabloids. Andrew, make a shirt, right? That's a great shirt. Great shirt. Um, or, you know, you could even, I, you know, you could do Rock Roman. And then do you do Seth Cody again? Is that the second one? If you do Rock Roman? Uh, Rock Roman. I listen. I I feel terrible if the plan is for Cody to win that title from from Roman. Uh, you know it, it's kind of terrible for him. But I think the bigger picture match is you got to get that match out of the way, right? That has to happen for the storytelling of the next fifteen twenty years of Roman Reigns' career or whatever, however long he's going to continue doing it. The story is going to be he had that match with Dwayne, and it was you know this passing of the torch moment, and they could do that. That, that blend with the Hogan moment, you know, the Rock could hold his stomach and shake his hand like an old man shaking Roman's hand, and they could do that whole thing. I think they got to do it at this point. They can't not do it. It's been in the ether for too long. But sure. what do you do with Cody? You know, that's the big, that's the that's the problem here. I guess the story rolls over into WrestleMania 41. We're telling <laughs> one of the, a long multi-year story here with Cody Rhodes. God bless. Yeah. God bless. He's written a story. He's part of a storyline that literally justifies everything he does. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> Smartest man in wrestling, Cody Rhodes. All right. Let's get into all the other news here. We will get back to some House of Wrestling reporting as we go along here, but there are a lot of other people doing some great reporting here right now. And everybody uh, really came together here this past Thursday. Everybody largely caught off guard. We had reported the Friday before that we had heard these major main roster and NXT roster cuts were coming. Um, we were told maybe a couple weeks in between the office layoffs and these to kind of space out the PR campaigns. But no, here we were five days later on a Thursday, which is very unusual. 
we know of about 30 talent releases. I'll read um I'll read off the ones that we know of right now. And there are about eight or about I was told there are 18 there were 18 NXT cuts. A lot of them hadn't been seen on TV yet. I apologize to Brandon Thurston who reached out to me this morning to find out how many NIL talents had been cut. I don't really know that number. I'm looking and finding that out right now. Before we get into the releases though, Andrew, why do you think they did it on a Thursday and why do you think they did it now? Well, it was the same day as uh what other announcement happened that they played? There were two other announcements. There was the day the announcement that SmackDown is moving to USA yeah. on a five year deal. And there was also the announcement that the Chamber is going to Perth, Australia, Optus Stadium uh, on February 24th, I believe. Yeah, two positives, two positives, and then you bury the negative with it. I mean, it it kind of seemed like it was a a PR strategy with the way that they did it. Uh, I I, I wasn't surprised. I mean, you had reported that it was coming. Right. Uh, I think you were first to do that, right? We were. Yeah. You were. Yeah. So fantastic stuff on that. Thank you. Yeah. you know, it's terrible when people get laid off and fired, but whenever there's a merger, you expect this to happen. But this happens in WWE, you know, every couple quarters that they, they go and they assess their roster and they see, you know, uh, who who isn't moving, uh, mar- you know, product who isn't in a, in a creative storyline. Uh, and then some of this probably was, you know, with the Ali story, I think he wanted gone. He wanted to be gone and maybe they just decided, OK, just cut him. Matt Riddle is a whole separate story. Um, and I don't know what you do with Matt if you're AEW or anybody else, but you know, always terrible, but expected, you know, the, some of these names you look at, you're like, okay, I can understand because they're not even utilizing them properly. Why keep them hostage? Yeah. Uh, here, I'll run down the full list here. We could talk more in depth about, uh, a couple of uh, more than a couple of these individuals. Cause I think there's definitely stories for a lot of these people. Uh, Mustafa Ali, Rick Boogs. Dolph Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin, Riddick Moss, Emma, Aaliyah, Elias, Top Dollar, Dana Brooke, Mace, Mansoor, Quincy Elliott, Shanky, Yulia, Leon, Dabakato, Bryson Montana, Kevin Ventura Cortez, Daniel MacArthur, Alexis Gray, Brooklyn Barlow, Ikiman Euro, Abdul Abdi, Fitzgerald, Matt Riddle, Melanie Brzezinski. And then again, yes, there are a, a handful of other people we haven't gotten confirmed yet based off of the amount of cuts that I was I was told there were also there. Um, you bring up Ali. Um, so I love Ali. I was his manager on the Indies, if you've not heard me say that 100 million times on this show already. And he's, a, he's just a very, very talented individual. Yeah. Changed my perspective on how wrestling works. Um, I asked around immediately about Ali's release and what had happened here. I had one person tell me that Ali's creative... Uh, not, not tell me. Okay. I know that Ali's creative caught some if not all of WWE creative uh, off guard, him getting cut because um, they had planned for him to be at raw on Monday last night to be part of the dragon Lee and Dominic Mysterio angle, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it could, it could have just been, you know, new owners. Right. And they're like, Hey, if he doesn't want to be there, you're cutting people anyway. Maybe they ask who doesn't want to be here. Well, yes and no. Um, I had a source. I had one source tell me he was never going to get a shot in WWE and didn't know why. Then I had another source tell me that there was somebody in WWE that did not like Ali and that they would not tell me who that person was. And I'm looking to find that out. But what's interesting, I think, about that anecdote is Rick Boogs said something very similar about his release where he was like, there's a political power play. There was somebody there that didn't like me and they wanted me gone. And so I'm wondering if is this because he said when Vince came back or when Vince, when Boog, Boog said when Vince uh, left. left, he lost his power. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much. Conf- there's so much talk about is Vince one foot in, one foot out right now. You know, like, does he want to stick around for the long haul here? Who's really, is it Hunter? I asked about Hunter. I didn't get the vibe that it was Hunter, but it could be with Ali, I guess. Then there's other, the other power players would be what, Kevin Dunn? I don't know. Bruce? Bruce. I I can't see Bruce. I can't see Bruce wielding that kind of power right now. I could be wrong. You know? Yeah, I I found it interesting. I mean, Boogs' comment was fascinating about how you know once Vince was kind of out the door it was over for him I feel like a lot of other people possibly feel that way too and we've heard that in the past you know the relationship certain talents has with Vince McMahon top or bottom of that roster 
Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's interesting to me. That dynamic is always fascinating to me on, on aligning yourself. I mean, a lot of this is politics for sure. Uh, you know, we saw that. Um, you know, the NXT cuts, that's expected. But, you know, guy, people like, you know, Top Dollar, he just came back. Emma just came back. Riddick Moss, he looks great, you know? And I, I feel like he never really got a fair share. Shelton could have been a producer, could have been a manager, anything. What a, what an amazing mind to have there. And, of course, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph is an institution in that company. Yeah. A very high-paid institution, but he's still an institution in that company. I was about to say, I think the deal with Dolph was just they were I had, I had heard – he was getting like a million dollars a year. I have no idea if that's true or not, but I would believe it. I had heard that guy was making a lot of money, not working that much. And he had a kind of a deal where he had opportunities that he was freely allowed to do outside of the company with like his comedy stuff and other things that, you know, you get as a more tenured, well-liked member. You can, you know, have those caveats carved out for you. So D Dolph had a real sweetheart deal. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess we can talk about Dolph here. One of the things everybody seems to be teasing right now, all the people over at AEW land, including Ryan Nimeth, his brother, and Swerve, is that Dolph's going to AEW. Do you think that's a, do you think it's a layup that guy winds up over there? I mean, of course, I could see him showing up. I don't know, you know, does... I think for AEW, they have to be careful who they pick up and how they position people because they have so many bodies there. Great talent. Like, you know, no knock at talent whatsoever, but they have so many great talent there. Uh... You know, where does Dolph fit in? Does Dolph come in and help younger talent? And does he help his brother? And does he help elevate those guys? You know, the guy's a monster at selling. He's, he, he really is a great wrestler. Or does he reinvent himself and go there? You know, one thing I was thinking, I'm like, you know, Lana's looking for people to manage. Yeah. You could pick that up immediately and do it again. You know, it, it's, will it, will it resonate with the wrestling fans? I don't know. You know, it depends how it's presented, but. You know, he's a guy that was in that company for a very long time. And having individuals that know the structure of WWE in your up-and-coming business is a benefit. I yep. don't know if Dolph, you know, if they're, they're right on money or if he's even willing to do it. Who knows? But, you know, Dolph, Ali, Riddle, those are three names that are, you're thinking, okay, they could maybe do something with them. Man, so with, with Dolph, I think the idea of him in the tag picture is interesting. Him and Ryan... I think the brothers want to work together. They're doing all kinds of projects together, right? You, you see a natural kind of foil in the guns, right, across the alley or across the aisle. And then, of course, like you get, you know, FTR matches, all that kind of stuff. I think I'd bring Dolph into the tag picture at least to start because then you can spin them off when they're ready into whatever kind of solo program you have or that you'd like to put them in. That's just me. Ali, I would bring that guy in and. I don't know. Very quickly have him in the mix with Christian Cage or somebody for a mid card title. And I think that with, you know, the way Tony's spoken in the past about trying to push guys like Wheeler Yuta and more people that like he didn't get to see that looked like him when he was growing up on TV. I think there's a wonderful story that Tony's gonna get to tell with Mustafa Ali on a personal level. At least yeah. I hope. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting how much it, it before, right? Rarely, right? When we were watching wrestling, or at least I, I, I think we're around the same age. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm little. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be forty. I'm thirty-eight, so we're fine. okay. Okay, so safe. Well, we're great. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, you know, growing up, when you were a talent like an Ali or a Ziggler, right? You were always recognized as, you know, you're maybe not the world champion, but you're in the top of that card because of your ability. Kurt Henning comes to mind, right? Especially mm -hmm. that comparison with Dolph. Dolph was there. He's been there for ten years, more than that. Eleven. When did he win that title? Two thousand eleven. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it had. Yeah, back in the big E years, right? A long time ago. You know, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. But a guy like Ali now, you know, Dolph ele was elevated because in twenty two thousand eleven, he was working a style that resonated with people. Right. Ali is. I mean, he's up there with everybody, you know, especially with his in-ring ability. You could put him up there with Ricochet. You could put him up there with all these guys. I mean, he could do so much in AEW if he's allowed to. And I think he will be because if you look back at, you know, what was supposed to be Ali Mania that became Kofi Mania um, was Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson is the one who was like, hey, I want to have a different. I think he was world champion. He wanted to do some like different kind of stuff. He wanted to work with some like the two, or he had just come back from injury. I think is what it was. I don't think he had the title. 
And he wanted to work with the 205 Live guys. He had seen a couple of guys down there that he wanted to work with, but top of the list was Ali. I think Ali was the first one to come out. They did this banger match, and that's what got everybody up behind Ali and up until the errant Randy Orton stomped to the face. And now you look across what's going on at AEW right now. Brian Danielson is very, very influential and creative. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he's booking Collision at the moment. I think he's fully inherited the CM Punk spot over there. And I would guess that Brian Danielson is chomping at the bit to get to make a guy like Mustafa Ali a big part of his Saturday night programming. Yeah, I, I could see that for sure. 100%. And then as far as Riddle goes, as we're throwing out all these possible big names, because you're right, I think those are the top big three. God damn, I hate to say it, but this guy's going to be in the world title picture before the end of the year. I, I <laughs> swear to God, right? I mean, he is he is a guy that is better fitted for AEW than WWE. He's edgier. He's got some he's got some problems that come along with him, but I think AEW has shown a willingness with people to look past certain issues, give them a chance on issues, that kind of thing. I think Riddle will fit in very, very well over in AEW land, and I think he gets a huge, massive push over there. My gut says. Yeah, I, I think I think with Riddle, it really it really is going to come down to that, right? Because I, I mean, I've seen him wrestle a, a million times, right, on TV, but I've also seen him when he was just up and coming on the Indies, right? And what what an amazing, remarkable act he was he picked it up so quickly he just fit in so perfectly it wasn't a struggle for him to become a professional wrestler from mma it was all natural for him uh i would love to see him back to how he used to be what he did on the indies he could definitely do that in AEW. now the personal stuff uh, that's heavy baggage you know he has uh, numerous issues that have happened yeah but uh, you uh, Je- they they worked through the jeff hardy incident cash wheeler is, is tag champion right now, right? And look at the yeah. headlines that guy was generating six weeks ago. You know, I think that AEW just, you know, I don't know. There's a culture there where they're more willing than forgiving when bad headlines come along most of the time. Most of the time, I'll say. Yeah. No, yeah. I think most of the time, for sure. I hope, listen, I hope it's 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 exaggerated issues, and I hope that it, he he sees this as another chance. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking positivity, right? You oh, want I agree. To I agree. I agree. Uh, I think he's he has a he just had a kid or he has a baby on the way. I believe, yeah, he just took photos with his Mariah May. I think okay. or not Mariah May. That's the wrestler, uh, Misha May or something like that. No, Misha Misha Montana. Misha Montana. Yeah, okay, so many go. M's. I apologize to Mariah May. <laughs> a lot um, of M's. I, I'm sure she's like, please keep my name out of your I'm mouth so sorry. when you're talking about Riddle. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, no, and you know, I I agree. The second chances thing. Look, Jeff is doing. Better, much better. Jeff seems to be in a good place, right? Cash yeah. Wheeler, again, other side of that, he's presented himself very professionally here. I don't want to draw aspersions about it. I'm just saying there is a culture there where I think that there's these guys that, you know, are more willing to work through these heavier issues and, and things like that. And you're right about, you know, looking at Riddle from his time before WWE. Um, I was doing commentary uh, for Black Label Pro here in the Indiana market, for those of you familiar with uh, Black Label Pro. And Black Label Pro's first show took place six years ago. And that was just before the advent of AEW. And on the first show, I believe we had Max. I'm, I'm, there's pictures of me at the commentary table with Max. Um, I, Riddle, I was calling Riddle matches. Darby Allen was on that show. PCO was on the show. A lot of people were on that show looking back on it that all are now very, very famous. And Matt, but what I'm getting at is Max and Riddle shared space. Like, MJF was part of that birth of when Riddle was really taking off. They kind of were on that same page. I think that Riddle and Max will wind up. I think they're going to be uh, working together. I think Max will enjoy working with Riddle. I see them doing little funny bits together about bro stuff. I just, I see him in that mix. I don't, he is the vertical for AEW fans. Yeah. uh, Maybe, maybe that December pay-per-view, huh? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully some of them got, I don't know. May, hope, you know, maybe they hope, hopefully somebody gets out early, surprises us. Remember when Malachi Black showed up in AEW and everyone thought he was still under contract, how cool yeah. that was? Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's the other thing. The AEW does, it, for, for a number of years, they had these, these tremendous debuts happening. And I think that kind of became the norm for a lot of viewers, thinking people are just going to pop in and show up. I mean, this is a great, you have a great opportunity with two individuals, you know? 
Maybe maybe Ollie could bring the hacker gimmick back. <laughs> no. No. I think he gets I think he just gets pushed. I again I, I see Riddle main event picture at the gate. I see Ali mid card title out the gate. I see Ziggler and Ryan Nemeth mixing up the tag titles. You can sprinkle those three out across divisions, mix them around as time goes by. That's how I see those three playing out. But then you got a guy like Shelton Benjamin, who would be like you say, I don't know if he wants to be a producer, but would be a great hand or ever. But the, but the, like the fans of AEW, I would love a Shelton Benjamin, right? Yeah. He's kind of the fourth one for me here. I don't see him on the main of, I don't see him on Dynamite every week, but Rampage, maybe, you know, kind of stuff, helping to fill out odd spots where you were kind of just looking for interest that you would not normally get. I could see Shelton being used in that capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, he, he's, he's still wrestling. He's still a fantastic wrestler. Uh, and he has tremendous size. You know, he's a gigantic dude. So you have an opportunity with someone like that to even use him for a little bit. Why not? I would expect Riddick Moss and Emma back in, or in Impact. Uh, Tennille Dashwood seemed to do fine in Impact, um, if I had to guess. Um, maybe maybe in AEW land. Uh, Elias, man, he looks like an action figure. Like the fact the fact that this guy is out there can do these concerts, can wrestle, really makes you wonder what happened there and how this guy's what this guy's capable of outside the company. I'm fascinated to see what he does. Yeah, I, I same. I I think he's. I'm so sorry. My dog is losing his mind. I don't know if you guys could hear it, but I no. hear it through my, my. Oh, good, because I hear it through the soundproof doors here. He's going berserk at the mailman. I've, I've, it's like I he's about to break that door open. I, I hear him banging on it. I, I think it's really just that he's an Elias fan. I think he walked with <laughs> Elias and he and he heard that we were talking about he's Elias. an Ezekiel fan. He's an oh, Ezekiel fan. He's huge, right? He's yeah. a humongous guy. I, I and his gimmick got over with the WWE fans. Now, I don't know if it'll translate to an AEW audience, but a guy like him, you know, his size. I, 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 it's interesting how they had so many stop and goes with him. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. another one. Yeah. I, 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 I am just interested to see what happens. The guy's got so much talent, top dollar, a guy with a lot of talent, him and swerve could reconnect. Absolutely. I could see in some capacity. I mean, they work so well in hit row. I like top dollars music for what it's worth. I thought he put out that video the next day out on the boat with all the women and everything. I was like, that's very impressive. It's very difficult to do. Um, Dana Brooke, God, again, you just go down this list. You're just like, these are not nobodies. These are people that like you have history with Dana Brooke. The thing about her is every interview, she talks about how hard she worked, showing up early. She went down to NXT, kind of got the vibe. She was trying to fill that Mandy Rose void a little bit of the more tenured, like female woman coming down to, you know, find her footing, but also help the younger talent feel bad for Dana. She seems like a really nice person who tried really hard. And you don't really meet yeah. like too many people in the business anymore where you're just like, seems like a good person that's working really hard. I wish them success. That one, think, that one kind of made me good sad. in NXT. I think Dana I was a good she, hand. I did too. I did too. I really did. Um, Mason Mansoor out there making, showing their Reservoir Dogs videos, doing that Twitch cast right out of the gate. I love that these two are staying a unit. I'll put it that way. I love that they've built a real life friendship that they'd like to work <laughs> around that. You know, the real prize here is at the tag titles It's the friends you made along the way and Mason Mansoor actual friends. I love that. Yeah, I, I maybe they could do a tag team, too. <laughs> maybe they'll continue with that. And then, yeah, the rest here you go down up and down a lot of a lot of NXT talent that will maybe find their footing elsewhere. But, yeah, I think about, you know, impact who I've had people recently tell me they're trying to go back to being live. Uh, trying to get that going. I think about MLW, Court Bauer, constantly trying to make some kind of move to get on the radar and competitive. Yeah. You know, it, it, the, when you look at a list like this, I think about the last time they did a big round of releases like this, and it was just before the pandemic, and a lot of the talk was like, WWE's daring Tony Khan to sign all these people. And I kind of wonder if that's the logic behind doing these mass releases is just flooding the market to a point where it's just like you can't get everybody. Because if you did one or two at a time, Tony might pluck up one or two at a time. And then you have these underdogs that are on the other show that are all guys that kind of get a shot and you can do something with. When you put them all out there like this at once, it makes it harder. Uh, at some point, you're going to look like the bad guy because you can't hire everybody. I guess what I'm getting at. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I think that definitely is a tactic, and I've heard it heard it from people in WWE that you know they they joke about that. Who's Tony picking up? How many of our guys he's going to pick up? But you know that's also a strategy for WWE. You get a guy like Ali, right? Or yeah, let's say Ali or Riddle. Ali even more than Riddle. You put him on AEW TV. He stays there for a year and a half, two years, and when his contract is over, you pick him up again, and he's a bigger star than he was. Uh, with you when he goes over. Jade is a great example of this, right? They just announced that Jade has signed. Did they WWE officially announce it? Yep, they officially announced it. When? Uh, as we were just starting. What? Yeah, yeah. Is this on their Twitter? On their Twitter. What? And Triple H retweeted it. What? Yeah, You're breaking news. Me. Jade Cargill has signed a multi-year contract what? with WWE as per first reported by ESPN. Oh my God! Well, now I got to jump on my Slack. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I every I wish I'd have known. Yes. Okay. Go get this. Yes. Go breaking. Yes. Write this. Are we writing this? Yes. Good. Good yeah, work. Go. Okay. Thank you. All right, Ennis McVeigh, ladies and gentlemen, my morning, my Tuesday morning writer, already on it as I was recording. Should be on the site right now, live. Well, that's a twist. Jade mm-hmm. Cargill. So wait, let me see what this says here. Jade Cargill has signed a multi-year contract with WWE as first reported by ESPN. And then it takes you over here to this ESPN article. It remains unclear if Cargill will go straight to the main roster or if she will perform in its developmental brand NXT first. She's been wrestling two years. She's from the Nightmare Factory. First, the first AEW TBS champion. Well, I guess since ESPN ran it, that's not technically a WWE press release. Huh. And they list all of her accomplishments here. Yeah. Well, look at that. Interesting, second, right? Second time this week, news is broken as the show was being recorded. Interesting. Wow. Well, she'll be great. Would you put her on the main roster first or NXT? You know, I, I since Becky's down there, I, I mean, you could introduce her there with Becky. And then just bring her up immediately. I, I think it takes away from Jade to put her in NXT. Even, you know, even I, with Becky as champion? I think you got to do the Cody route. I think you yeah. got to bring bring her out big, out the gate. I don't know if you debut her at Survivor Series in a big match. or I, You know, yeah, I would put her. I would do a Survivor Series debut, big match, out the gate. A lot of hype, a lot of vignettes going into it. Okay, about a year do. ago, about a year ago, I had uh, dinner with somebody from WWE and we were talking just random nothing you know it was all off the record stuff but one thing that they said that I always it always resonated was you know they would love someone like Jade because she's a complete package already right there's not I mean forget about in-ring right we're not obviously you still need to go through you know a little refresher when you go to WWE because they do things a certain way but as far as an overall presentation of an act you look at her and you say oh my god she's a star I don't even have to know what she does Right, she has that look. She looks like a mega star in whatever she does. Mm-hmm. So they were really interested in the fact that AEW had somebody that was, you know, I'm going to use the term complete. You know, that wasn't the exact thing that they said, but she is complete. She, you look at her, and they could put her on TV, and it wouldn't seem like they had to give her the WWE look. She already has it. She's a big time act, and and you know. They they knew that they they wanted her. And the other thing is she was obviously Nightmare Factory, right? The Cody connection. And right. I believe she's represented by WME. Oh, she got oh, she's got an actual agent. I think WME represents her. I think Endeavor represents her. As well, it, from what I remember. So it okay. only makes sense. May, yeah, may, and look again, I, I draw this Cody comparison. That guy was complete. They showed up, he had the song, he had the outfit, he had the fan base. All they did was judge it up. All they did was make it bigger. They just gave it flashier graphics. They gave it uh, better made t-shirts. They gave it the whole nine yards. And that's what I would do with Jade Cargill. This woman does not need much alteration. She just needs to be judged up. She just needs more of the WWE polish to her. I, I wouldn't wait. it. I wouldn't put her in NXT. I would not make her look anything less than a big deal. The biggest possible deal you can. Yeah. And that's what they're doing right now. Right? They put out a press release. What other woman's getting a press release like this for signing with WWE? I don't know that I've yeah. ever even seen anything like this. Like the last time, honestly, the last time we probably saw this was Ronda Rousey. When for for a female act to to go over there with a press release? Yeah. Ronda Rousey, for sure. Yeah. yeah. There's there has and look, so 
we are now drawing Jade Cargill and Ronda Rousey into the same conversation. It's crazy. Um, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, as we wrap up uh, the release talk, I did want to throw out there we were talking about Ali moving over. One of the reasons I heard he possibly could have gotten released was the vignette that aired in NXT, which was political and him, you know, going after the North American championship. He's talked about how he wanted to do this before in the main roster, but it got poo-pooed. I was told that it was poo-pooed because Fox got really nervous about Ali doing this political gimmick uh, in the WWE universe. And so when it popped up on the USA network on NXT, um, people on the main roster uh, influentially, I shouldn't say in the main roster in the C-suite, got nervous because they already knew that this was the kind of angle that uh, was, I guess, making more important people than them uh, nervous. So this, I don't know if they could, I don't know if he wants to continue that in AEW drop, drop it or whatever, but I guess that the political angle rubs some people the wrong way. I, I asked somebody, nobody, like I couldn't confirm that. Uh, it's okay. possible. Uh, I, I didn't find, I mean, I listened to it. I didn't find anything wrong with that promo. No, but that. if you go back and watch it, they only aired it once and then he dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what the reasoning was. Uh, you know, fascinating yeah no i i i i talked to somebody that i'll tell you off the air i'll talk to somebody yeah. that i that would that would it's have been affected sure. by that decision and so i'll i'll, I'll take them at that word their word on that one yeah. but yeah it sounds as if regardless the political angle once it made tv caused some people on the main roster to freak out and then it was abruptly dropped and never revisited so i don't know one hand doesn't know what the other is doing nxt yeah, main <laughs> roster creative Listen, yeah. that is shockingly very accurate. That one hand does not know what the other one is doing. That is a regular, <laughs> regular occurrence. Uh, John Cena and The Rock all showed love to uh, Dolph Ziggler and everyone else released. And that is the end of that. Before we get to uh, uh, anything else, I did want to get uh, your thoughts here with a couple minutes left on some of the WWE content rights stories that popped up. First of all, the Hollywood Reporter saying NXT and Raw expected to leave USA in 2024. It was noted that the market for programming is extremely active and, their tra and that traditional linear networks, streaming services, and unexpected players are in the mix to acquire the rights to the programming. And on that note, uh, over on X at the end of last week, Hulu said its streaming rights with WWE were expiring, but we didn't get to this story until today. And I'm kind of glad we didn't because, again, Ennis McVeigh for the win, went over and checked Hulu to see when they were expiring and noticed that their expiration date for WWE content has been pushed back two weeks from where it was yesterday. So mm. uh, like very similarly, what happened last time with the WWE rights coming up with Hulu, it appears and we're reaching out for comment, but the situations are identical. A short term extension was agreed to here between WWE and Hulu pushing these back a little bit. Now, what do you make of that, Andrew? How serious of a player do you think Hulu is in the WWE rights space? Uh, for for next day rights, I mean they they've been a player. Right. Um, I, I'm 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 a little surprised that Peacock has not that that's not part of the deal, right? That Peacock gets next day rights, especially for SmackDown. Right. Um, they they're still on that delay. So I don't know Hulu being the home of Raw or NXT. I don't know how much that makes sense. Uh, Amazon is one name that people talk about, but. You know, linear television is changing. Uh, streaming is where the future is, but I, I still truly believe that linear is where they need to be. I I don't I don't think they'll get the numbers that they're getting if they're on streaming, even though streaming is accessible to far more people than you know the USA Network or cable is. I I just think it's people viewing habits, and we we've. You know, streaming was going to be the future, and it was the alternative to paying your cable provider $200 a month. But now it's become so fragmented right? where it, it's it's all over the place. So I, I actually think there's going to be a reversal eventually where everything is going to go under one umbrella. Can you imagine one pipe coming in and it provides you all the channels and all the next day programming you need instead well, of paying I, five different services? It, I It's it's kind of getting to that. Like a lot of these streaming services are eating themselves. And yeah. it, before it, I, it had gotten extremely fragmented. I feel like it's not as fragmented now as it was like, I'm going to say even like six months ago. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. Th things are pretty quickly consolidating. You know, I don't know why we still have discovery plus and max probably because we're addicted to 90 day fiance, but I need to cut, <laughs> I need to cut the 
Discovery Plus cord because it's all on Max now, right? Yeah. That's actually just something I was thinking about this morning. It's dumb. Um, but Hulu is now under the Disney ESPN umbrella, right? They can all be bundled together, correct? Yeah, Disney is Disney ESPN, uh, you know, ESPN Plus all bundled together. Yeah, I think I think that that's fine. But I don't know. I, I, I you know, Raw not being on a Monday on USA is, is a little weird. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know who takes it. Maybe, maybe they make it a streaming provide, you know, Amazon and they get the next day rights and they're able to do great on Amazon because they're, they're, they're a loss leader, much like the NFL. Uh, that's the other problem here. Also networks are not willing to take that risk as much with having a loss leader as, as a big chunk of their, their, their expenses. SmackDown was a loss leader for, for Fox. We know that. The problem is they didn't have anything to follow it up with to, to capitalize on the viewership because they went right into the news at 10 o'clock in most markets. You know, when you have the NFL and you're paying them this, this ridiculous amount and then you got, uh, I'm going to show, I'm going to throw a show. Friends is on after the NFL for a special Sunday edition of Friends. That draws something because you're able to sell the ads. You know, right. you're going to have this huge influx in viewership. You really don't have that with wrestling. You don't have that with Monday Night Raw. You don't have that with NXT. And you don't have that with Fox, uh, with SmackDown. So if there's anybody that's going to be able to look at this and say, well, I could throw them a crazy amount of money and look at this as a loss leader, uh, Amazon could do it because they have 5,000 other products that they could sell. Yes. I, I've heard Disney is more serious than people Disney would think. Disney, too. I, I've heard Disney's more serious about this than people would think, which is why I'm trying to line up the Hulu aspect of it. Because, yeah. look, I... A, would ABC carry Raw, right? Could they jump from one network platform to another? I don't even, I've never even thought about it. But, right, if you're looking at all things like, or ESPN, right? That'd be another big cable platform. That's been rumored for years. But the yeah. Disney umbrella, there's options there, right? I could see if they wanted to keep the next day rights on Hulu, what's another platform we have in our umbrella that we could put a Raw? Where does that fit, right? Where does Raw and NXT fit? Is it ESPN is it ABC? I don't know. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where where you put it. And and with ESPN, you're gonna have preemptions for sure. Um. All right. A couple things. We are short on time here. A lot of people are still injured, unfortunately. Um. Observer saying Sheamus has got a bad shoulder injury. Fightful saying Gallows has got uh is getting his knee scoped. He'll be out about six weeks, but we don't really know six weeks from when because we don't know when the surgery happened. Uh. The Observer saying Moxley's okay following the concussion. Uh, that he received on Wednesday's Dynamite or two. We don't really know how many he endured. He's undergoing a concussion protocol right now before he's cleared, but apparently he's not feeling any weirdness, and there's no grave concerns for his health at this time. That was a really scary situation, though. I've gone yeah. back and watched it a little. I've wa- gone back and watched a little bit more, too, just to try to understand what happened here more. It is so surprising to me that nothing – it still surprised me that not more happened before the end of that match, seeing how kind of visibly out of it that guy was, you know? I don't know. Yeah, um, you know, I guess muscle memory kicked in, right? Well, and that's the thing is he's Mox, yeah. you know, like people look at Mox. And I had this conversation last week with somebody. He's like Mick Foley. You know, you look at him and you're like, he's just built different. They could just take more pain. No, Mick Foley's a broken man now. <laughs> he just yeah. tells stories. Well, listen, I was there. I was at Arthur Ashe for that. Oh, man. I saw it firsthand and, you know, and I don't think anybody in that building realized that there was something wrong with him. Until yeah. until that spot. That was the only time. I mean, he was sluggish. There were moments, right? But, you know, you're watching live. There was really... I was actually talking to somebody from AEW as we were watching the match. And it was no concern over it because I don't think it was as visible as maybe on TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, now you look back in hindsight, you're like, okay, this spot, this spot. But uh, just the guy's a machine. And and I'm glad that it's not worse than it, than it was. But, man, you know, he... Sh- he could use a he could use a couple of weeks off. Yes, he could. Yes, he could. Um, and I I really hope they don't let him rush himself back to action quicker than I'm sure he would like to be there because he is a machine. Um, Adam Cole, we don't know how bad the injury is. It doesn't appear to be as bad as expected because he is still advertised for the ROH tag title match at Wrestle Dream against the Righteous with MJF. He um he's gonna be on Dynamite tomorrow night with Max. They're going to say something probably about the injury. Any thoughts on Adam Cole? I don't know. Do you, do you, if he is really injured, do you put, uh, you know, Roddy in there? I, maybe. Uh, what a twist. 
What a twist. I hope but, uh, for what for what it's worth, I hope the righteous take these titles. I'm big fans of what yeah. they're doing right now. Yeah, you know what? I I for about three weeks ago, I thought they were just bodies on TV. Right? And in three weeks, you've 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 you came up with the interesting vignettes and you had them more on TV and you're like, okay, you know what? I kind of like this. I don't want Max in tag matches. I don't want Max in a in an ROH tag team title match. He's a world champion. He should be he should be defending that title as much as he can. Um I have I am one of the few people and that I don't love the whole Max and and Cole story. I'm not nope. I'm not and I'm the listen, and I'm fine. That could be just me. No, I, and I'm, I'm fine also, it's just being me. I'm also not high on the Max and Cole story. I'm interested to hear from you. I don't want to go too too long here, but I'm yeah. interested to hear because I meet so few people that are not on board with the story, and I'd like to hear from you why you're not a why you're not a huge fan of this. They they have some really good moments, right? I and I, I and obviously when it's a good moment, it, you see it. But Max should be presented as their world champion, not a comedy act. That that's again, that's me wanting what I want, right? I'm not saying that that's the right dis- direction to go, but I like a serious world champion, and I think for him as a 27 year old, 26 whatever his age is, you know, he's super young, he is becoming the guy. In the in wrestling, he's he's becoming a, a top player. He should be in those matches. You you are in a building process right now. Post Punk, your world champion should be in some really high level matches to tell you like, listen, we got to tune in here. I don't know the comedy act. Okay, there were a couple moments I liked, but I I think they need to do something more. Obviously, maybe there's a big picture thing happening here, which I I assume there is, and we'll get to that. But take the titles off of them. Have them have a match, have them feud with Roddy, and then have Max do his own thing. I think that you have, I think you've said the same point I've been making in a different way. You're coming at it from the perspective of comedy doesn't draw the same kind of money as serious stakes. I've been coming at it and the in the angle of I prefer to find baby faces and heels. I prefer I prefer to know the conflict, and I want to see the payoff for that conflict. When you're just focused on doing SNL-style vignettes each week, you're not really building to a conflict. Yeah. You're not building to a fight. That was my issue with what happened at um, Wembley in the main event was, okay, I'm going to watch two friends fight each other. Like I, I know that they wanted to tell the story in the match, which yeah. was different and avant and great, but I would have preferred straight-up Adam Cole nutshot on the pre-show get into the main event with yeah. some actual heat there, a defined baby face and heel with two guys who want to really hurt each other. Well, here's the other part of this whole best friend thing, right? They weren't best friends. They no. never were best friends. They never had a good relationship. They were feuding. They had a match. Max was still a conniving, you know, a, a, a heel. So you went from you went from this to being forced into a tag match together to, to be falling in love and becoming best friends in like a matter of weeks. I just couldn't buy it. Now, if they had a long existing relationship and you told me the story about how, you know, when Max was on the Indies, one of the guys on his list was Adam Cole. And and I knew this from months ago or even a year ago, or you started teasing it. I could, I could, I could believe it, but I just felt that it came off as, oh, they never intended on keeping them together. It got really hot. And then now they got forced to do it and they kept pushing this best friend thing. It didn't sell for me. And again, it could be me if you enjoy it. And I, and, I, and I always say this. My opinion is only mine. I don't think you should, you should follow my opinion. I, I'm just saying what I like on TV because I get no. the DMs. You know, I, I get the DMs you telling listen, me. You think you should listen to this man because he's speaking my language right now. I'm not uh, poo-pooing on your parade. No. Well, and people think I'm nuts here. And I'll, I'll, I'll wrap on this. Uh, yeah. By the way, Sammy Callahan, free agent at the end of this week, whatever. Maybe we'll, t- oh, we'll talk about it on Thursday. I got time for that one. Okay. Um. But uh, but here's what I'll say about uh, the MJF Adam Cole thing is, oh, man, I missed my thought. I started thinking about Sammy Callahan there. Go back. See, what did you just say? What did you I'm just not, say? My last words were, I'm not poo-pooing on your parade. Okay. Oh, here's what I'm going to say. Final thought. Everybody thinks I'm nuts about this. You tell me if you think, you think I'm nuts on this. The okay. man to end MJF's title reign right now, decidedly, based solely on storyline and who has the largest axe to grind, and would have the most fulfilling conclusion to ending his title reign is Roderick Strong. And people think I'm nuts for saying that. But that man rips off the neck brace, gets serious, talks about the trailer park, his rough-ass upbringing against an MJF. I think within three weeks, just like you said about the righteous, I think you got a different Roderick Strong on your hands. And this whole thing will have been done 
to take somebody that, as Max said, is very bland and create a wrestler and make them interesting. And I do think that this storyline, I think the, the storytelling, to Max's credit, with Roderick Strong has made Roderick Strong a more compelling character. And when they do want to pull that trigger, I think he's the man to, to take down Max. I do. Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. I would love to see Roddy do something. Uh, right. You know, I just don't want it to be him school, you know, doing a schoolboy and then ripping off the neck brace once he gets the one, two, three and celebrating like a dweeb in the ring. You know, I don't I don't want to see that. But if you build him up, like you said, as you know, I grew up, I had a rough upbringing and this is he was he was a serious wrestler. <laughs> the guy could go. He takes off. He takes off the jacket and he's jacked. He's ripped. Yeah. He's this the neck brace thing. I get it. It's a chance for him to show some like range. He's doing some comedy stuff right now. The moment that neck brace comes up, and I and I don't think we're that far away from it because I love the heat that they let Taven and Bennett show on Rampage uh, after the tag match. That's the kind of stuff I want to see more from Taven and Bennett. They're starting to make these kingdom guys that Adam Cole really does have a lot of history with, that history you're lacking with him, Jeff. They're making those guys interesting and more aggressive right now, and that's what I want to see. I want to see that aggressiveness creep on creep up from the outside into this kind of comedy angle that's going on right now and break it up. That's what I hope. Yeah. So anyway, all right, everybody, that brings us to the end of the driveway here today. Oh boy. We had what a, what a house today. What a house of wrestling we had. Uh, come on back on Thursday. I'm going to be joined by premier streaming networks, Josh Shirtoff. Very special episode, big announcement on Thursday. Uh, and of course, if uh, I'll remind you once, once again, they're out. Me, Kevin Nash, Sean Waltman, Joe's Live, Chicago, Illinois. Go to joesliverosemont.com. Get your tickets. Can't wait to see everybody there. We're going to have a great time. More announcements to come about that. Andrew, where can people go find you, follow you, support you, all those great things? Uh, Matt Men Podcast, wherever our podcasts are available. Uh, you, I also do a show called We're Live Pal with Garrett Gonzalez on the Wrestling Observer website. And, of course, Wrestling Observer Live on Sundays. All you can right. find me there. And there you go. Check them out, everybody. Thank you so much. Grab your shoes, grab your hat, grab your umbrella. It is the storm has gotten worse here outside the House of Wrestling today. Get on out the door. And remember, you're welcome back anytime. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.